Today on the show, we're having an identity crisis. You know, we left the planet. We've been trying to produce this savior Chad fella, but these kids keep responding to our emails with OK Boomer and then the single tear emoji. <laughs> what, does that, what does that mean? <laughs> Someone decipher this for us. I'm going to text my grandkids. Maybe they know. Yeah. <laughs> While you're at it, can you ask them what bussin' means? I've asked. They have not responded. They left mm. me on red. <laughs> Welcome to Gam Jabbar, your guide to the iconic world of Dune. We'll be exploring the themes, philosophies, and characters found in the sandy depths of this vast universe, from Frank Herbert's groundbreaking novels to the adaptations on film and TV. My name's Abu. My name is Leo. And Leo, we're back, baby. We are back, baby. <laughs> we have to continue this journey. Yeah. We set out from the tribal era of the Bene Gesserit all the way on Old Terra, <laughs> and we still have so much more to go. This is part two of our discussion on the origins and the early history of the Bene Gesserit Sisterhood. It's true. But before we get too far, before we get into the episode, let's take care of our housekeeping quickly. And first up, spoiler warning, mm -hmm. no spoilers. We are not going to spoil anything from Frank Herbert's books. Everything we're talking about today happens before the first pages of Dune. That's right. And of course, here at the top of the show, a huge shout out to our Kwisatz Haderach level patrons, Case Aiken, mm. Matthew Good. Mm. Gentlemen, if you had a splinter group of the Bene Gesserit, yeah. their belief would be generosity because that's what you're known Truly. for. And that's clearly what you believe in. Extreme, radical, potentially dangerous generosity. <laughs> Indeed. Yep. Thank you so much for your support, Matthew and Case. And of course, thank you to all of our patrons who help make this show possible. Indeed. So here's the game plan for today's episode. So we're going to talk about the next couple of eras of Bene Gesserit history as they thrive during this golden age and participate in the colonization of the stars. Mm. Humanity's colonization of the stars. Sci-fi, baby. Sci-fi. It's almost like... This is a sci-fi series. <laughs> and then we're going to wrap up the episode by exploring their involvement in the Butlerian Jihad and the millennia leading up to Dune. That's right. And before we jump back into our history books, let's take a short break. But don't go anywhere, folks, because when we come back, mm. we're diving back into the early history of the Bene Gesserit. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome back. Everybody, hope you enjoyed your break. Let's talk about the Bene Gesserit as we left off in part one, thriving, unified, stronger than ever, 
following a very tumultuous few thousand years, including yeah. wars, and slavery, and all of the things you can imagine. Right. Not to mention being subjugated by men for thousands of years. Oh, that's, yeah. that's a little thing they dealt with for a while, too. That probably should have been first on the list. <laughs> <laughs> now, recall from our part one discussion that by this point in their history, there are two major Bene Gesserit groups that are embedded within what the Dune Encyclopedia refers to as the Northern culture and the Southern culture. Right. Geographically, it's a little fuzzy exactly what they mean by that. But in our discussion last time, we sort of postulated that it may refer to Eurasia and mm -hmm. Africa primarily. Right. Now, timeline-wise, it's worth noting that we have passed the sort of era of the like the early slave trade basically we we're past right. that and actually we reach the age of computers and technology is oh my god it's useful <laughs> oh my if you didn't know folks technology is pretty sweet and the mother house of the bene Gesserit recognized oh my god the potential for how this technology can amplify our training process and our schemes and our breeding program, everything. I understand this energy. I understand how excited the mother house must have been at this <laughs> point when they're like, oh my God, yeah. I can make a spreadsheet of this breeding records, put, put in some formulas. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Now, the Benny Gesserit really began to integrate technology into everything they did into all of their existing systems. The Dune Encyclopedia tells us that, quote, the mother house kept its own mnemonic records of the charts into which the machine programmed breeding charts were integrated, allowing more complex experimental breeding patterns, end quote. That's super cool. They're using both techniques in tandem to do things they've probably never been able to do before or make calculations that they've never been able to do before by hand. It's useful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's not all peaches and cream. Uh -oh. I know. It's not all sweet Sunday afternoons. We have a... <laughs> Are you up with... eating the peaches and cream on a Sunday <laughs> afternoon? Is that why it's... Could be. That's a double nice day. <laughs> doubly... We have a splinter group to talk about for a second. Mm -hmm. And this, I think, also gives us some indication that even in periods of prosperity, there are always individuals within this family group, within the Bene Gesserit, who are experimenting and developing their own theories and going off on their own and doing their own stuff. Yeah. And in this case, we're talking about a group that called themselves the Daughters. Now, the Daughters were a technologically advanced group that was out west. Yeah. And they fucking went wild. <laughs> they were like, you know what? This whole group consciousness thing, this whole like breeding a savior, like it's all baloney. We don't believe in it. It's fairy tales. You are deluding yourselves with old stories. They made their breeding charts public. They were like, hey, everyone, <laughs> look at what we're doing. And they even attacked 
members of the mother organization. So we have the, the audacity. The audacity. I mean, do your own shit. What, like, whatever. Go off, do your own thing. But right. to attack members of the mother organization is a special level of audacious. Yeah, to hit yeah. them with the OK Boomer. <laughs> yeah. Just the disrespect. They would just thumbs up whatever <laughs> message was sent to them, but derogatory. Yeah. Yeah. Very confusing <laughs> for the mother house, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild to think that they basically were like, here is thousands of years of secrets on WikiLeaks, you know? They like WikiLeaked all of their <laughs> rating charts. Yeah. And basically rejected this idea of group consciousness, you know? Like right. I almost right. imagine the daughter's were this hyper-secular branch of the Benny Gesserit. You know, the splinter group was just like, I don't believe in your hocus-pocus, save male savior group consciousness bullshit. The breeding charts are super useful. I'm going to use them for political power and political sway. You know, for them, this is all very practical and secular. And some of the mysticism is lost on them, presumably. Which is interesting. It doesn't say this, but that leads me to believe that this would be a group of Bene Gesserit who do not have the active gene. Because if they had the active gene, they'd be like, yeah, right. I have group conscious. Like, <laughs> what do you? I can like tap the, into it. Yeah. The fact that they're skeptical, which also then introduces the possibility that maybe they rejected the idea of women with the active gene are the ones in charge. Yeah. So these are kind and, of anti. And why aren't we in charge? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, all possible. Uh, how did the mother house deal with this, Abu? Yeah, I, I mean, we're speculating, and that's all well and good, but most of this is moot because in just a quick, breezy 250 years, yeah, the Dune Encyclopedia tells us that the mother house successfully excommunicated this whole group. The daughters are cut off from the main body of the Bene Gesserit, and... They're just like publicly shamed, like we're completely disarmed publicly, no longer trusted among the populace. I'm sure a massive propaganda campaign was launched against them mm. and they're completely and utterly discredited. And that's it. That That is the end result of the daughters sort of rising up and rebelling against the primary many Jesuit ideology. And this will become a recurring theme in today's discussion, but this is a lesson that the daughters clearly learned the hard way. The house always wins. Yeah. Don't mess with the mother house. <laughs> that's why. So that's it for the daughters. Yeah. We then fast forward to what is effectively our modern day human history, which again, reminder, is still 20,000 plus years before the beginning of Dune. Yeah. This is when... The Bene Gesserit get their final name. It's finally spelled the way that we all know it from the books. Right. And at this point, their power center in Wallachia, the central place where the North and South came together, has actually sort of fallen apart, and they've now come up with a new structure for themselves. Again, the Bene Gesserit are always evolving and changing and in flux, and this is just another moment of that. Right. The Northern group, this entire time had been the more powerful group of the two up to this point. But now is the moment that the Southern unit starts to rise up. And the Dune Encyclopedia tells us their come up is due to their control of a key energy source. Doesn't mm -hmm. say what the key energy source is, but 
they have control of some sort of vital source. And my money's on oil. Yeah, almost <laughs> certainly. Yeah. <laughs> so this newly empowered Southern Bene Gesserit group decides that they're going to experiment and come up with a chemical stimulant to achieve the ultimate goal of the Bene Gesserit, which is to create an active male as a savior figure to right, create right. the Kwisatz Haderach. Just Steve Rogers. The Bene Gesserit <laughs> watched Captain America, the first Avenger, and they were like, okay, <laughs> let's do that. Totally. Um, except, mm. I, I do want to pause this metaphor. You're building a beautiful picture for us, Leo. <laughs> sure. Uh, the Steve Rogers thing only works so far mm. because the Dune Encyclopedia tells us that they were successful in doing this, actually. They did oh. it to one of their male subjects. He rose up and led a jihad oh. to rid the world of, quote, corrupt modern infidels, end quote. Mm. <laughs> and this led to a years-long devastating war <laughs> across the planet. Yeah. And ultimately, Benny Gesserit records tell us that the mother house had to jump in and intervene once again and they had him assassinated and this ultimately toppled his power structure toppled his jihad and ended the war wow yeah that's not exactly captain america uh, that's not i don't think that was the plot of that movie <laughs> no a little different than our boy steve rogers oh, no. ultimately this experiment was another failed Kwisatz haderach for the Bene Gesserit, though basically right Right. Well, going from that experience, we get another radical group of Bene Gesserit. Love it. And they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We've got the group consciousness thing. Definitely. And we do want to like unite all of our ancestral memories and we want to get that active, you know, trait, but we think we can do it with a lady. They believed that was possible. And they argued, <laughs> this is, this, this begins to be pretty extreme. Yeah. They argued that, quote, men were extraneous, unsuitable saviors, having failed in this role over the millennia of the family's development, end quote. So. Okay. I don't necessarily disagree entirely. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Men, men can be pretty awful. Uh, also, yeah, objectively, you've been trying for 3,000 years, 4,000 years, 4,000 years, and no savior yet. Mm -hmm. You've had a bunch of fucking guys who were, I guess, kind of close. Merlin was pretty close. Right. But was not it. Right. And so this, this idea, this uh, hypothesis, maybe it's not a man. Maybe it's going to be a woman, and we just have to approach it in a different way with all this modern technology that we have. Yeah. But... They took it to a degree that I think we hopefully can all agree is a little problematic. Uh -huh. They suggested eliminating men altogether. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, you know what? We're better off without them. Let's just get a bunch of semen from all of the guys, freeze it, and then wipe out men entirely. And we'll be good. Just four billion people? Yeah. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So understandably, this is a very extreme idea. And man, I'm sounding like a broken record at this point. <laughs> Guess who intervenes? The mother Captain house. Captain America. Oh, no, the mother well, house. Okay. <laughs> Not Captain America. The mother house. Yeah. 
They jump in, they eliminate this radical group, just as they did with the daughters, just as they assassinated the Southern Jihad leader. They come in, they get rid of this group. And once again, the lesson is hammered home. Don't fuck with the mother house. This is also, I can see an evolution here because the mother house took action before they were able to begin implementing their plan. Right. So they had this plan. We're going to freeze all the semen, kill all the men. And the mother house was aware of them. And then when they were ready to act, eliminated them. Yep. So we also see the mother house is understanding <laughs> when it's time to intervene <laughs> better and better as the years pass. Yeah. <laughs> Learning from previous splinter groups. I think it is interesting that we're seeing this pattern though, right? Like the Bene Gesserit are evolving and as they're growing, they may be unified, they may be powerful, but that doesn't mean there are not pockets of resistance even right. within the group. Right. Now, as we continue, we're now past sort of our modern day and we're into the near future human history. So now we're in a completely fictional time. Women have comparatively more access to positions of power in this era, in this near future. And this helps the Bene Gesserit, understandably. They start to establish schools and chapter houses, which is a term we're going to hear a lot and is a key term for the Bene Gesserit, these sort of home bases. The sisterhood establishes these schools and chapter houses within politically powerful societies. And they start to create the training that is used to modern day. The Bene Gesserit we meet in the books use training that is established in this era of Bene Gesserit history That's in wild. these very schools and in these chapter houses. Again, around fifteen to 20,000 years <laughs> before the Pages of Dune. That's incredible. That's crazy. Now, a little fun fact here is it's around this time that the Bene Gesserit are kind of getting sick of this rumor that's been swirling for thousands of years <laughs> about them. Yeah. And they want to dispel this myth that they are in any way connected to the male-oriented Jesuits, which are a real group from human history. I mean, I understand them being frustrated about the misunderstanding, but they did literally make Jesus. <laughs> like, Jesus was like one of theirs. So it's sort of like, right. we, you didn't have nothing to do with them. Right. Reap <laughs> yeah. what you sow, Benny yeah. Gesserit. You kind of sowed the whole of all of that. So... <laughs> I mean, I get it. Like, you've been working hard. You want yeah. credit for yeah. the work you've done. Um, also, you know, they've they've gone off on their own and they've done all that shit that you don't want to be associated with. Sure, I get that. But to be like, <laughs> we're not related. Mm. There's a connection. There's a strong connection there. We're related. <laughs> Either way, the records indicate that the Benny Gesserit were really hell-bent on setting the records straight here. And <laughs> sure. here's a direct quote. From the Bene Gesserit about this. Quote, if anything, the Book of Voices indicates that the male group derived some of its educational techniques and principles from the Bene Gesserit, not the other way around. End quote. It's a little bit petty. I love it's it. It's a little petty. I love it. Yeah. They're kind of like annoyed. You can tell it gets under yeah. their skin when they're yeah. when someone's like, oh, Bene Gesserit, does that are you with the, the Jesuits? Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and they're just like, God damn it. We came no. first. We came first. They copied our homework. It's the same energy when you're like, you know that Rufus Wainwright song, Hallelujah? And it's like, 
it was written by Leonard Cohen and that was a cover. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Love it. Well, all of this brings us to this next big era of not only Benny Gesserit history, but also humanity. Yeah. Because this is the era in which humanity begins to leave old Terra. Ooh. Begins to leave Earth. I know. Yeah. Pretty good. Sci-fi, baby. Sci-fi, baby. <laughs> and this is the beginning of the age of exploration. And you won't be surprised to find out as humanity begins to spread out across the stars and our immediate solar system and beyond, of course, the Bene Gesserit are playing an active and often secret role in all of that. Totally. And it's also, this is the, uh, this is the beginning of, we can safely assume, the era in which they begin to establish themselves on various planets, including their future home base on Wallach 9. That's which right. Is, which is very cool because we've been talking about uh, Wallachia. <laughs> right. And now we've got the planet Wallach 9. Yeah. Great. A fun little callback to one of their home bases on planet Earth. Yeah. Now, here's where the identity crisis really takes shape for the Bene Gesserit. Leaving Terra introduces a lot of existential conversations and sort of a midlife crisis for the Bene Gesserit sisterhood. Questions about their very purpose. Questions about what their mission even is these days. Well, for I, I'm going to cut in because fascinatingly, and I think this is one of my favorite parts of this piece of Dune in the Dune Encyclopedia, it's everyone especially religious orders. Oh, totally. Leaving Earth. I remember we talked about that in one of the early episodes. You've passed the heavens and now you're on other planets and it's like what does it mean to be a human in this in this great galaxy? Totally. Totally. Yeah, this is not a uniquely Benny Gesserit crisis. Right. This is a crisis for humanity. Yeah. It's existentially, we have left Earth, we're colonizing the stars. Yeah. What what does it all mean? And I point that out only because, although we are often going to be talking about the Bene Gesserit juxtaposed to the rest of human society, they are still themselves an order that is subject to the same existential barriers that humanity is kind of tumbling through. Totally. Totally. Cool. Now, to get into some specifics about this existential crisis, we have opposing views on the Bene Gesserit's purpose and their mission. For example, we are told in the Dune Encyclopedia about a head of the Northern Unit who began to be disenchanted with the idea of a male savior. The records indicate that she even brushed away the whole idea of universal consciousness as mere myth. <laughs> like, it's not even true. What are you talking about? Again, the, we can see the seeds of this were planted back with the daughters, right. that splinter group. Right. Uh, and then, you know, with the very radical kill all the men splinter group. <laughs> right. Here we see those ideas continued where this northern unit leader is like, why are we so bothered about this? Like, fuck the universal consciousness, not a real thing. Forget the male savior. Our purpose should be to breed for political and economic power so that yeah. we can gain political and economic power 
why aren't we doing like that's our purpose as the Benny Jesuit? Forget all this other voodoo stuff. Yeah. It like I get it, dude. Like if, yeah, if you're yeah. if you're if you're sitting <laughs> at the head of the northern unit and you're looking at four thousand years, five thousand years of trying and failing, but also succeeding almost as a byproduct at becoming this like massively influential power structure. Yeah. It's like, why don't we just make this the fucking thing? We're clearly great at it. <laughs> like, right. We're clearly super good at this. And we just got out of this era where women couldn't be in power and we were oppressed by men. Fucking, why don't we just make ourselves the most powerful group in the universe? Yeah. Right. Why not? Col- column A has had a lot of success. <laughs> yeah. Column B has been a string of male failures. Yeah. And it, it's a compelling <laughs> argument for sure. I can understand. Alexander where the, the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Alexander the fuck up is a prime example. Yeah. Now that's one camp of idea. Sure. <laughs> on the other hand, there are Benny Jesuit on the other side of the aisle right. who are arguing that this order has grown complacent because of our reliance on technology and on machines. In particular, one Southern Benny Jesuit was out here throwing some mad shade at her fellow sisters in the North and West. Quote, she calls her northern and western sisters water fat and machine lazy, <laughs> asserting that they have lost their humanity and wish to breed with the thought machines. For her, a male savior is the primary goal. End quote. It's just the Incredible. idea of being like, y'all want to fuck your computers. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> good lord. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't say no, but that's not my goal right now. <laughs> right, right. So that is another idea for the Bene Gesserit that's starting to boil up during this time. And again, in direct opposition to the group that says no male savior, this group says, actually, yes, male savior. And actually, we're relying too much on technology. And maybe the old ways were better, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. In some ways, the earliest seeds for what will become the Butlerian Jihad. Right. This exactly. return to form. Like, we've gotten this far through biology and through natural means, human means. And y'all are getting a little too cozy with your iPads and your iPod nanos and your right. Technicolor televisions. Right. Yeah. <laughs> return to form. Yeah. And these various crises basically continues. For hundreds of years. There's no simple res- resolution. There's no simple solution to these differing philosophies and belief systems. Right. So at this point in the Bene Gesserit history, we are hurtling toward the Butlerian Jihad, one of the most right. significant events in Dune history. And at this time, the sisterhood had become increasingly reliant on technology. They are doubling and tripling down on the use of advanced computers. And it's actually in this period that we get reference to the Missionaria Prospectiva. The Dune Encyclopedia says, quote, the sisterhood used thought machines to program an early missionary group sent to newly inhabited planets as cultural ecologists, but whose real purpose was to implant protective myths. End mm, quote. That's cool. That's, That's pretty cool. cool. <laughs> so that is obviously an idea that we see repeated in Dune, 
Here, we see that even this idea, the Missionaria Protectiva, was done through technology. Right. Now, despite this reliance on technology, there was one branch within the sisterhood that was committed to the old-fashioned mnemonic way of record-keeping. And the Dune Encyclopedia actually says that because so much was lost in the Butlerian Jihad and because of the anti-thought machine, anti-technology sentiment that spread throughout the galaxy, this one group who committed to the old ways of record-keeping yeah. are probably the reason why we still have copies of volumes like the Azar book or the Panoplia Propheticus books we've talked about before on the podcast. Yeah. The technological copies of those stored on servers and computers and whatever lost during the Butlerian Jihad. Right, right. The mnemonic copies still exist today. So shouts to this one branch <laughs> who, who were the heroes of the bookkeeping. <laughs> they saw the writing on the wall and they knew that even though there was an ebook version of the writing on their yep. Kindles, uh -huh. they were like, I feel like we're going to break all these Kindles soon. So right. should probably right. memorize that writing on the wall. <laughs> yeah. Look, I just love the smell of a page, okay? Yeah. I can't smell a Kindle. I'm right here with you. Well, the next era of the Bene Gesserit is upon us. We're there. We have right. arrived at the Butlerian Jihad. Woo! And if you didn't know how involved the Bene Gesserit were in the Butlerian Jihad, you are about to learn a lot. <laughs> You're about to learn a lot about it. But we're going to take a quick break. So stick around. When we're back, we are smashing our laptops across the galaxy. That's right. Welcome back, folks. Let's continue our exploration of Benny Gesserit history. We are now diving into the era of the Butlerian Jihad. We are clawing our way ever closer <laughs> to the start of Dune. Yeah. Now, as a refresher, by this time in human history, technology reigns supreme. Right. I feel like I don't even have to say by this time. Like, literally our modern day <laughs> world, technology reigns yeah. supreme. So you can imagine what that's like in the next hundreds of years. Right. And with technology so prevalent throughout the galaxy, it has also become a source of power and wealth. Total. Planets and groups who are embracing this technology are quickly gaining economic and political power. And if you are anyone who has other ideas, perhaps humanist ideologies, your ideas are becoming fringe. Right. More and more people are embracing the technology. And the Bene Gesserit are no exception to this. The Dune Encyclopedia tells us, quote, the Bene Gesserit likewise became highly machine-dependent, teaching rational thought in its educational institutions and limiting its intuitive work to the ideologists seeding mythos on new worlds, end quote. So it's starting to bleed even into their teachings. Mm, interesting. This reliance on technology. Yeah. But there's always a but. There was a small counterculture starting to grow within the Bene Gesserit ranks. And the mother house began to realize that machines were, quote, decreasing human control, breeding humans into non-intelligent work animals, end quote. 
Right. So some of the detriments of this technology and of the reliance on it are beginning to show themselves. And this group within the Bene Gesserit are beginning to recognize that. And so we're told that a certain chapter house located on the planet Comos became the center for planning an anti-machine rebellion. One in which, quote, machine-bred non-humans must be eliminated along with the machines, end quote. So that (laughs) is a wild fucking sentence. (laughs) Yes. Because we've been talking about how, and we see this today as well, technology does, in fact, alleviate some of the strife and the struggle that makes someone resilient. And totally, you know, people lose the ability to do math in their heads when they're using external devices. And, you know, this is all this sentence is like anybody who's reliant on technology should be killed. (laughs) Right. We're going to break the laptops and we're going to murder anyone who needs them. (laughs) It's like, what? (laughs) Oh, no. It, when, when you put it that way, it really is a fringe, extreme thought, yeah. an extreme ideology, but it begins to take root, particularly in this chapter house on Comos. And of course, if you know anything about the Butlerian Jihad, oh boy, does that little plant grow. It does. And it doesn't grow without a catalyst. It doesn't grow without a, it doesn't grow without fertilizer. <laughs> Uh, how long do we keep that analogy going (laughs) let's drop it basically (laughs) there is a Benny Gesserit of secret rank named Jehan Butler Mm -hmm. now Jehan Butler was basically the instigator and the initial leader of the Butlerian Jihad yeah and we've covered this before we've talked about it in a couple of episodes so we will keep this more or less brief but the story goes that Jihan's daughter was aborted by the director of a hospital. And key point here, the director of the hospital was a self-programmed machine. So mm. this was a this was effectively an AI was the director of the hospital. Yeah. Now the official record and the justification that the AI machine provided was the child had fatal health complications. That was basically like rendering its life already null and void and also maybe like i don't know could endanger the mother blah 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 you know that was the reasoning it was kind of a uh euthanasia it was a kindness right but jihan butler had many jesuit abilities and we see some of these in dune but it's like metabolic control internal internal awareness they have certain abilities that allow them to be more aware of their bodies than most of us are right and She came to believe that, quote, her child's death had been at best unnecessary, Mm. end quote. And many believe, this also complicates things, many in the Bene Gesserit order believe that Jehan's daughter would have been born the Kwisat Tatarak. Wow. Would have been born that individual with both male and female memories. Like, exactly how this works alongside the like generally accepted fact that it will have to be a male with an active gene i'm not exactly sure but yeah that's what they believed and that belief acted I, as i like think a, this oh. is a belief that probably took root 
after the jihad was already out, you know, it was a fuel to the fire kind like of thing. Like a rationalization? Probably. Yeah. I don't think her daughter was going to be the Kwisatz Haderach, but it is a powerful statement to make if you're trying to convince someone to get in on the jihad bandwagon. You, yeah. Yeah. you know, it, it's an inflammatory sort of idea that'll get people on board. Yeah. Uh, so this to me feels like a thing where history was fudged a little so that, you know, XYZ groups could get other groups on board and the bloodshed of the jihad could spread further and faster. Uh, I, I don't, yeah. my gut says her daughter was not going to be the Kwisatz Haderach. I'm very agnostic about it. Like, I obviously we have no way of knowing. Right. But you're absolutely right that we are reading an account written by historians for a publicly available history book about these events. And if if the Bene Gesserit know in their ancestral memories that was actually not the case, they would never say it for right. the public record. Right. They would never be like, oh yeah, we manipulated everyone into the Butlerian Jihad because of our own like desire to steer humanity. No, they would be like, we were very passionate about this because of this, but also these other reasons. So you're probably right. It's hard to say. It's hard to it's say. A, but, it's hard to say. Yeah. I, I will say, we again, we've talked about Jahan Butler and her history before, but one of the details that always stuck out to me is that, understandably, Jahan Butler was pissed about the situation with the director of the hospital right. and her child. That didn't necessarily equate to her wanting to murder billions across the galaxy and right. destroy all technology, right? Yes, like she was yeah. very much used as a pawn in a larger equation. And, uh, you know, ultimately, like, Jahan herself was like, the fuck? Like, I didn't want this to happen. I don't know why this is being, like, said in my name. Like, yeah. she, she really was, a, as you stated earlier, a catalyst. She was not, like, the mastermind behind the jihad. Because she ended up speaking out against it later. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> I think So that, that leads me to also think, like, Oh, her daughter was also another catalyst, like another catalyst used by the powers that be yeah. to push forward a larger agenda against machine thought and machine reliance. You mean to suggest some Benny Jesuit were manipulating people? Um, I'm not going to say that on the record because I value <laughs> my life, but... <laughs> right. Uh, uh, um, uh, uh, next bullet point. Next bullet point. Let's keep, <laughs> keep, keep the conversation going. <laughs> yeah, it's no, it's 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 a it's a good point. Also, because like we've identified, we have now seen the spectrum of Benny Gesserit who believe that yeah, we're getting a little bit too complacent on this technology. It's kind of a problem. Might be good to return to form. And then right. you see the fringe group on Comos going, well, no, we should murder people who use technology. Right, right. So there it's a it's a full spectrum of belief about all this and absolutely you could see Benny Gesserit members all over the galaxy going along with this for their own various reasons without necessarily being on the side of the people who are literally murdering so many people. Right, right. But with all of that having been said, the jihad still happens, right? The Butlerian <laughs> yeah, jihad explodes true. across the galaxy in Jahan's name, and the bloodshed is historic. Right. This anti-machine ideology really catches fire and just spreads like wild 
across the galaxy. It leads to bloodshed. It leads to the end of much of modern and advanced technology that yeah. much of the galaxy had come to rely deeply on. <laughs> literally, space travel. <laughs> space <laughs> like, travel, literally. Interstellar travel became impossible. Because exactly. Right. And it, and it really does plunge humanity into a, a dark age yeah. where like planets are isolated, economies are falling apart, technologies are outlawed. And if you are someone who relies on them, you're probably going to get killed. Right. All things considered, though, the Bene Gesserit were okay during this jihad. They yeah. fared pretty well, comparatively speaking, and avoided a lot of the bloodshed due to a couple of key factors. Firstly, the geographical locations of both the mother house and many of their chapter houses mm. kept them away from the bulk of the fighting. Secondly, the Bene Gesserit because of their great PR campaign over the thousands of years of human history, have been associated with religion and education and mm. humanism, all right, of these right. like positive things that the jihadists love. They haven't exactly been associated with technology. So the extremists didn't necessarily target the Bene Gesserit specifically. Right. So they were able to sort of skate by. So these factors really helped the Bene Gesserit kind of get through the jihad, not entirely unscathed, but much better off than a vast majority of humanity. Right. Yeah. And this is also where, so this is where humanity is forced to restructure everything because <laughs> suddenly like faster than light travel is not really possible. And mm -hmm, all mm -hmm. these things you're used to doing, you can't really do anymore. And the Bene Gesserit are in the same boat. They basically, during this period, begin some major structural renovations. Now they have they had at this point already ratified what is effectively a constitution yeah. in the year three hundred and three BG, which mm -hmm. is about a century before the jihad actually occurred, before the Butlerian jihad occurred. And this constitution was called the Bene Gesserit Canons, which does sound like a Yu-Gi-Oh card. <laughs> <laughs> I activate the Bene Gesserit Canons in attack mode. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Yu-Gi's over of... here like, fuck you, infinite Karibos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I play Pot of Green to draw three cards. <laughs> the reference to a meme. But after the Jihad... <laughs> They had to amend that Yu-Gi-Oh constitution that uh, yeah. <laughs> they had to amend their constitution, the Bene Gesserit canons, to more clearly lay out their organizational structure. Yeah. So the Dune Encyclopedia tells us the sisterhood, quote, prior to the Butlerian Jihad was a loosely structured confederation of chapter houses. The canons set forth a well-defined system of governance incorporating ancient Republican political theory and a tripartite matriarchal directorate, end quote. This is pretty good. A lot of big, fancy words. <laughs> a lot of S-A-T words in that paragraph. <laughs> I, full disclosure, fucked that up a few times. But we're going to edit it out, hopefully. Y'all will of, never know. <laughs> Y'all will never know, except I'm telling you. <laughs> so, basically, all of those fancy S-A-T words yeah. means that the Benny Gesserit were like, ah, fuck, guys, we need some sort of like 
government, some governing body <laughs> to make sure we're all aligned. Right. And so they basically create an executive branch, a judicial branch, a legislative branch, and they have some elected Benny Gesserit. They have some unelected, just always in power, reverend mothers, and, sure. they, and they basically amend their constitution to set these things in stone, to be like, here's the structure of our governing bodies. And it sounds like they, you know, they're taking cues from societies that almost got it right. Checks and balances important when you've had, right. you have a track record of splinter groups trying to wipe out half of humanity. <laughs> right. Or a, a bloodthirsty mother house who loves to wipe out said splinter groups. <laughs> yeah. Again, checks and balances. Good to have. Yeah. Now, they also made a number of policy changes during this period of ratification. One of the biggest being the complete ban on artificial insemination. Whoa. Which might kind of feel like it comes out of nowhere because, oh, come on, that's necessary for some people to bear children. Some people who want right. to have kids have to rely on this. What's the deal? Why are you doing that? And here's the quote from the Dune Encyclopedia. Quote, for the sisterhood, mating mingles more than sperm and ovum. We wish to breed and capture psyches, an accomplishment possible only through human-to-human -human interaction. End quote. In other words, yeah, get to fucking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Need we be clearer about it? Find another human. Have an interaction. <laughs> yeah, have interesting. Have a skin-on-skin -skin contact interaction. Yeah, it's, it's weird because like this seems somewhat unsubstantiated by any kind of, it, it seems almost hokey. Like it almost seems, I get it, like I'm into it. Yeah, intimacy, cool, all things equal. Yeah, prefer that. Yeah. Well, I think it's also a direct response to the jihad. True. Because yeah. technology, advanced technology, assists with things like artificial insemination or even in its research. To me, this feels like the Bene Gesserit are getting ahead of it and being like, oh, look at us. We, we also hate technology that would help in any of these machine-assisted births. Mm, yeah. Only natural births from here on out. Yeah. I also see, you know, that all of that's actually a really good point. I haven't really thought about that. I'm also thinking about this because we also see that the Bene Gesserit really focuses in on, like, planned marriages and and working their way into these power structures that are being established, especially after the Butlerian Jihad, like the major houses and minor houses. And there's something about our artificial insemination is as effective as anything uh, most of the time, but it does not endear the Bene Gesserit in question who's having the child to the father, right? And if your yeah. goal is to infiltrate power structures, mm requiring that your sisters are in fact going through those motions of whether that's seduction as a concubine or uh an arranged situation like a marriage or or a temporary whatever it is it almost like requires that they up the ante and get more out of those pairings than just semen right yeah maybe it's something they can't control either like uh, maybe artificial inseminations introduces wild outcomes in their breeding programs 
right? Like it's possible. people yeah. can go quote unquote off the charts of your breeding program and have babies in other ways that you can't control or foresee. How do you manage that? Yeah. A possible theory. Another element also, and avoiding saying anything about plot, but we learn about this other memory that Benny Gesserit have. It is up into the moment of your conception that you your memory is preserved. And I wonder how that affects the preservation of your other memory in future generations. I think that's a sound theory too. Mm. I'm sure it's all of these, you know, yeah. like the yeah. Dune Encyclopedia doesn't tell us why exactly artificial insemination was banned. They ban it around the time of the Butlerian Jihad. So I'm sure that played a role. But also, as you're positing, like, it could just be a factor of other memory and artificial right. insemination tampering with other memory. Because it's been the same way for thousands of years before technology was introduced. And maybe they've noticed that it's starting, technology is starting to affect other memory if you do it that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure it's a lot of these factors come into play. <laughs> And then we and, talk to a reverend and, mother and she's like, no, no, no. We just really love fucking. Like, we just right, really right. love that. It was 100%. No, we didn't even think about other memory. Oh, my God. Maybe yeah. we should have. Oh, that's a good point, oh, y'all. I mean, yeah, that's why we <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> that's true. That's true. The reverend mothers are just like, we're horny. Like, I don't know. Uh, what, you know? Yeah. <laughs> can touch my body. All right. So. Moving on from those theories about artificial insemination, ultimately, the point here is that the Bene Gesserit breeding programs evolve because of mm. these policies. And by the time of the first Dune book, the Bene Gesserit have used planned marriages and concubines planted within powerful houses and powerful groups yeah. to ultimately gain control of the breeding lines of the major and minor houses within this new imperium, which is an impressive feat. Yeah. They have complete control of these breeding lines. But of course, in addition to their breeding programs or their policies or their constitutions, the Bene Gesserit make other changes as well. They have to evolve much like the rest of humanity as we now face this new post-jihad, post-technology universe. And one of the interesting things they do is they decide to go a bit more public than they have mm. in the past. And one of the things they do very publicly is begin to serve as truth sayers. And of course, yes. this is something we see in the Dune books a number of times. And the rise of truth sayers was a direct response to the jihad because technologies like lie detectors, you know, were banned, truthsayers became critical to basically every political or economic meeting in this new imperium. You needed a way to suss out lie and truth. The Dune Encyclopedia actually tells us also that lie detectors, up until the Butlerian Jihad, were like standard issue for anyone. Like th these were used across the board. And we see like polygraph tests and stuff like that these days. But my understanding is like, this is real. You are legitimately determining someone's truthfulness is used all over the place. Right. So it's not just, oh yeah, it could be nice to have a truth sayer. This is like, no, we are crippled. A desperate How, need. Yeah. yeah. 
Like, how are we supposed to operate the way we used to without this thing? And the bidding chance are like, well, I guess we've got this great uh, coin that we can bargain with. No, mm-hmm. yeah, we can, you know. Yeah, exactly. They insert themselves and uh, fill that niche with their abilities. Now, the other thing that happens here, this is when their human test is actually made public. And in this post-Jihad world, in this post-Butlerian Jihad universe, where sentiment around computer sympathizers is very negative, if you liked computers, if you were like team machines, then you are, very little sympathy is going to be spared for you. The Benning Jesuit tell people, yeah, we've got this test. It determines if people are machine-bred, if they are like machine-dependent if they are too reliant on machines, if they've fallen back on their base instincts as lizard-brained like sheeple, (laughs) this test susses them out. And it's brutal. It's really intense. Probably not always explained that way. Right, right. And again, filling a need in the post-Jihadi universe. The Bene Gesserit identify this is something people want, and this is a service that we can provide. Right. And so we will go public with it. And this is a clear evolution of the Bene Gesserit. By this point in history, we are past the jihad. We have made the shift from counting in BG before guild to AG after guild. We're in that 10,000 year span before the first pages of Dune. At this point, the Bene Gesserit have publicly branded themselves as a, quote, religious service and teaching order, women devoted to truth and virtue, end quote. Okay. It's a pretty damn good motto, if I do say so myself. Like a good shirt. (laughs) Yeah, like their PR team is working overtime and doing the job of selling the new galaxy on the Bene Gesserit and making sure that they are once again deeply entrenched in everything that humanity is up to in this new imperium. What's interesting is the Dune Encyclopedia takes a moment to talk about a particular rivalry that arises around this time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because in 1234 AG, 1234, <laughs> the Mentat Order is founded. Yeah. <laughs> and Benny Gesserit records indicate that it's at this time the Sisterhood decided to update its creed. A little bit. We got to <laughs> tweak the wording because we got to add this little doozy. Quote, reserve an attitude of distrust for anything that comes in the guise of logic. End quote. <laughs> so petty. That is some incredible <laughs> it's shade. so petty. <laughs> incredible. Yeah. And the Dune Encyclopedia notes that the Sisterhood did actually use a lot of the same analytical methods that the Mentats were using. Mm. But there was a fundamental disagreement. The Bene Gesserit disagreed on the premise, on the Mentat premise, mm-hmm. that the universe could be understood purely through objective analysis. For the Mentat, logic is above all. Right. Instead, the Bene Gesserit actually believed that, quote, such analysis was useful in individual events, but synthesis was gained through intuitive interpretation, end quote. Which 
doesn't exactly give full credit to Mentats. Because Mentats use intuitive leaps. They do. And so this feels in the same way that we see Mentat characters talk about Benning Gesserits as like dirty witches. This feels like the Benning Gesserit also not giving credit where credit is due. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's almost willfully misunderstanding what the Mentats are doing. Kind of a straw man, straw man situation. Exactly. Like, if you think the universe is purely logical, how do you explain all those series Netflix canceled? And the Mentats are like, what? What are you talking about? Like, right. yeah, you don't have all the answers. Yeah. It does feel a little petty. It does feel a little propaganda-y. This new order is rising up and also notably fulfilling a need within the empire for human computers. Right. And I'm sure the Bene Gesserit feel a little bit threatened by the Mentat order. And this rivalry between Mentats and the Sisterhood continues well into Dune and even into the sequel books. So it's interesting to see that there was some immediate animosity even at the start. Yeah, it is worth knowing this is still 10,000 years, 9,000 years before Dune begins. And we meet characters who are Mentats and we meet characters who are Bene Gesserit and they don't always get along. (laughs) And that is 9,000 years of a very open kind of dislike of one another. Yeah. Even when the Venn diagram has like some overlap. Right. Which is perhaps the greatest irony is that the Venn diagram has a lot of overlap and they still hate each other. No kidding. It's like college rivalries, you know. Dang, you're... School of higher education is shittier than my school of higher education. (laughs) Your school known for its bio department isn't as good as my school known for its bio department. Exactly. Wow, really? Man, you guys sure sound cool. (laughs) Fighting about that. I'm going to go back to my Dune podcast. (laughs) Right. Bunch of nerds. Those guys are nerds. We are the cool ones. (laughs) (laughs) Now, to wrap up, because we have basically caught up with the timeline, we are closing in on the first pages of Dune. There is one final notable change within the sisterhood in this post-Jihad 10,000-year window as we close in on the events of the first book. They still are aiming for their ultimate goal of creating a male savior. Right. The Kwisatz Haderach, as it is known by this time. But the motivation behind this male savior has changed over the millennia. And the sisterhood is now more focused on gaining power within the empire. As the encyclopedia tells us, quote, the ancient desire for a humanity united by an active male consciousness apparently had been forgotten, submerged in a single-minded objective of breeding a Kwisatz Haderach who would rule the empire. End quote. Yeah. And that's interesting because we have talked about all of these ideologies, the daughters, the extremists, the this, the that, the disagreements, the self-identity crisis for the sisterhood. All of that has sort of culminated in building their modern ideology within the pages of the books themselves, which is kind of like a tossed salad soup of all of the ideas together. Yeah. 
Like yeah. they are aiming for power just as the one sister from the North wanted, but they are still aiming for a male savior like the South sister wanted. It's just this hodgepodge of all of the different ideas that, that the sisterhood has been experimenting with for thousands of years. Well, it also makes sense because the modern political system in Dune was formed right after the Butlerian Jihad and yeah. was a return to feudalistic power structures. Yeah. And so, again, now in a patriarchal society, the Bene Gesserit in many ways returns to earlier strategies of we are going to put someone on the throne but we're going to do so as wives and mothers the same way in tribalistic in the tribalistic Bene Gesserit history they did in patriarchal societies so it is it's cool it's cool to see these through lines it's cool to see their experience and when it comes time to say we're going to put a person on the throne they can do so because they have all of the experience they need to like run that gambit this is a this is a football play they've done a thousand times before oh yeah yeah and they ran this drill in practice yeah for thousands of years <laughs> for thousands <laughs> and thousands of years um so basically that's where our conversation today ends because where the dune encyclopedia then goes is talking about those first pages of dune but it is genuinely astonishing to look back on 30,000 years of Bene Gesserit history and just to take a gander at how much influence they had on humanity, on everything that we had going on. It's just insane. Yeah. They, yeah. they like insane. not single-handedly shaped the modern human civilization in the beginning of Dune, but about as close to it as it could be. Yeah. They played a not insignificant role. <laughs> Yes. So to actually wrap up our episode today, as we like to do on these deep, dense lore discussions, let's end on a bit of a fun question. So let me pose this, Leo. Yeah. If you... Smash. <laughs> Agreed. But if you <laughs> were the head of a Benny Jesuit splinter group, yeah, what would your group be called? And what is the radical ideology mm. that would be at the core of your beliefs? My, uh, my splinter group, we would be called the Sisterhood of the Traveling Sligs. Ooh, yummy. Yeah, <laughs> the sweetest meat this side of heaven. <laughs> and our extreme belief would be for animal rights, bro. Okay. Okay. Protect the animals, specifically protect the sligs. Yeah. Because listen, sligs, the slug pig hybrid, which is the most delicious meat ever you know, ever made, are, are kind of known to be disgusting, awful. But I love all animals. I mm -hmm. love animals, and yeah. I, I, you know, I think the sligs deserve rights too. And I think we, um, our curriculum in my splinter group would have a lot of the same content as the broader Benny Gesserit. Like I don't. I don't think we'd really be that far off the beaten path, uh -huh. but I hear a lot of Benny Gesserit teachings around what it means to be human juxtaposed against what it means to be an animal. And I think our teachings would also include some maybe holistic approaches to us as a species in the animal kingdom. You know, like we are 
of course, demonstrably different than most of the animals in the animal kingdom, but we still have some of those base instincts and some of those base, you know, building blocks of nature. We've got hormones, we've got proteins in our blood that are building, you know, it, we, yeah. we've got all those things being cognizant of them makes us stronger, not weaker, not denying our animal roots or perhaps what we have in common with nature. I think that makes us stronger. Very Alan Watts. We are the cosmos, you know? Wow. So that's kind of how I feel about it. Um, and I, I know that mottos are important. To- so of course, I'll, I'll wrap up my answer with, with, the, with our motto, which I think the motto of the sisterhood of the traveling sligs uh, would be kind of a low, slow, kind of slurping sound. Just a slithering, oh. slurping. Just oh, a, yeah? Yeah. It, it, and if I were to attempt to demonstrate, it would kind of be a... <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's in this moment that I realize I am not capable of a slug sound. <laughs> uh, that's fair. I, I I almost imagine that you know when you go to the movies and that one like sure. Coca Cola sound plays oh, at yeah. the start when they're like you're the, viewing this movie in Dolby Atmos yeah. audio. <laughs> yeah, I kind of imagine that a bit. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So that's that's the Dolby Atmos Coca Cola dot wave <laughs> <laughs> is our is our uh, motto. So anyway, that's hilarious. I love it. Kind of silly, but with some like humanistic. And you know, yeah. naturalistic roots. Yeah, some know, ideas I could get again, behind. Born and raised in Berkeley, can't help it. <laughs> I'm all about nature, bro. It's great. Yeah. Uh, what about you? What would your splinter Benny Jesuit group be called? And what would your extreme beliefs be? So my group would be called the Wonder Women. Oh, I like that. That's kind of cool. DC. Does DC and, have to sign off on this? And shh. <laughs> okay. And the Wonder Women. <laughs> A purely Benny Jesuit original idea. Yeah. No, no other idea. Not associated with any other pop culture in human history. Yeah. We would really get into whips. Oh. <laughs> and by really get into, I mean, like, we're all about whips. We're all in on whips, right? We use whips for battle. There's we no u- connection between you and another. We popular- use whips for. <laughs> <laughs> we use whips for pleasure. Oh, okay. That's different. We use whips for grabbing the remote from the other side of the couch. We're all in on whips. Okay. Yeah. Different and as far uses. As our, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and as far as our ideology goes, are we <laughs> still all in on the whole male savior thing? Sure, I guess. You know, like we don't really care. Okay. Our only stipulation is that when and if said savior finally shows himself, he needs to be trained in the use of a whip. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Okay. <laughs> and you shared a motto, so I'll, I'll share a motto of ours as well. Yeah. This is pretty core to our ideology. Okay. Yeah. The motto of the Wonder Women uh-huh. <laughs> is a whip in the hand oh. is worth two in the bush. Oh. <laughs> Interpret that as you see fit. Okay. okay. We also have we also have a shorter sort of quippier motto for the younger hipper crowd sure, sure uh and that one goes live laugh whip <laughs> <laughs> live laugh whip <laughs> interpret can, that one as you see fit as well <laughs> i can see it on the like the 
reclaimed ocean wood like yes. sign above the couch in a nice yeah, little on cabin. the chugiest sign in history. <laughs> now, sadly, I do think uh, as amazing as our group would be, yeah, we would also be swiftly and mercilessly wiped out by the mother house. Sure. Um, because as we all know, the mothers are not fans of whips. No. So this would be a pretty extreme ideology. And unfortunately, we would be short-lived. Let it whip, whip it, baby. Let it whip, whip it, baby. Whip it all night. That's your. It's and, like, to, and to you set have, the record straight, yeah. if I can set the record straight on a yeah, myth about sure. the Wonder Women. Yeah. <laughs> DC actually took our idea oh, shit. and ran with it. Okay. Oh, shit. <laughs> so to re- set that record straight, yeah. we came first. All right. Yeah. We were wiped off the map first by the mother house. And Hell then yeah. DC turned us into a corporate icon. Oh. Just saying. Oh, just saying. James Gunn, we're, we see you. <laughs> Come on our podcast. <laughs> Please. Talk about Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll tie it in somehow. <laughs> All right. Well, on that silly note, let's actually wrap it up today. Yeah. <laughs> that that bit went like so far for too long. Um, Whip it. Let, let's right. <laughs> <laughs> let's wrap it up today. Before we let you all go, dear listener, we want to yeah. remind you of a couple of ways to support what we do here on Gamjabar and to stay in touch with us. Indeed. And the first and best way to support us is to become a patron. Over at mm-hmm. patreon.com slash gamjabar. Yeah. The support of our patrons allows us to make this show as good as we can. And it allows us to take it as seriously as we want to, which is to say, it's, it's our Not lives very. now. <laughs> Not very. <laughs> we well, we take direction. the show seriously. Yeah. And then the jokes we take very not seriously. No. <laughs> Ourselves don't not very seriously. <laughs> the show and the quality of our product oh. as serious, like too oh. seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, losing sleep over it. I'm well, going gray over oh it. Oh my God, actually, legitimately. But also, you will get great benefits for becoming a patron. Uh, ad-free episodes. You get extra boop, bloop, extra bloopers and clips. Uh, there's one right there. There's one right there that we'll leave in just for you. Ooh, a tease. <laughs> but also, can guarantee there were like a dozen cut from this episode because oh, yeah. we're oh, at yeah. an hour and 59 minutes <laughs> recording. <laughs> it's so long. Uh, and of course, we have an exclusive Discord that you'll get an invite to. You can come hang out and talk with us. That's right. And another great way to support us is to check out our merch store on gamjabarshop.com. We've got apparel, we've got art, we've got mugs, a beautiful tote bag, and soon mm-hmm. a Gamjabar branded whip. Oh my God. I don't think we're going to have... I don't, no. Uh, no, uh, attention. Think. Not all... Gamjabar... Disclaimer. Whip may not be available. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, the last thing we want to leave you with is the best way to get in touch with us, which right. is to email us at gamjabarpodcast at gmail.com. We love to get your messages. Send mm. us your thoughts. Send us your Dune lore questions. And send us those adorable pictures of your pets my god the cutest cats and dogs and birds and toads i've ever <laughs> seen in my life show up in yeah. our inbox yeah and we want more yes indeed 
Well, friends, there is no real ending. It's just the place where you stop the recording. But this podcast is always one step beyond logic, so help spread the word of Muad'Dib and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And be sure to check out the other shows on the Lore Party Podcast Network on loreparty.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at lore underscore party. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, whoever controls the podcast controls the universe. We'll see you on the golden path. I mean, to be fair, wait, Jesuits are like Christians, right? Followers of Jesus. I think it's like a, let me double check, but I think you're right. A Muslim and a Buddhist both immediately Google Jesuit. (laughs) (laughs) A member of the Society of Jesus, Roman Catholic Order. Roman Catholic Order. Okay, cool. So I can make this joke.